Good day to you all. I wanted to just share a little message with you that uh, perhaps would give some focus during the difficult times we're passing through. And I was reminded of the words of Jesus to his disciples as they gathered around him and were asking him about the things that were to take place in the last days and some of the judgments and so forth. Um, of course, the disciples thought those days were close at hand. And in one way, they were coming close with the destruction of Jerusalem and Israel. But yet, in reality, we know that what the Lord shared applies directly to the times that we're living in, to the last days. And he showed them, or he explained to them, some of the signs of the last days. And I want to read those words with you in Matthew 24, verses 6 through 8. And he says, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in many places. But all of these are the beginning of sorrows. And so Jesus told us, that in the last days, there's going to be numerous calamities and, and difficulties that the world is going to pass through. But he said this to his disciples, do not be troubled. Don't let anxiety or fear come upon you. Because basically, we can expect those things to take place. But he wants us to be ready, and he wants us to be at peace in our hearts. And he also said, the end is not yet. Even though we see these calamities taking place around us, he says, the end is not yet. And so when we see these great difficulties upon the earth, sometimes you're tempted to think, is this the end of the world? Is this it? But Jesus says that those things are coming. We're experiencing some of these things now. And we know that there's other things yet to come. Yet it is not the end, it is actually the beginning. As Jesus says, the beginning of sorrows. But, I, you know, I don't mean to cause uh, anxiety with those statements, but, you know, we must acknowledge as believers who understand the times and seasons that we know that difficulties are going to continue to arise as we progress towards the last days and the events of the last days. However, at the same time, Jesus gave us hope. Hope of deliverance, hope of preservation. And that's what I wanted to just share with you for a moment. And to see this, I actually want to look at another gospel. Luke recorded the same message as in Matthew, but he included another saying with this. And in Luke 21, verse 36, he says, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, something to keep in mind here is that Jesus was sharing with his disciples. They took him aside and they asked him about the judgments that were to come. And he said to them, Watch and pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape 
all of these things. And he said that to his disciples. And so clearly in the last days, Jesus is acknowledging the difficulties that will take place, but yet he's also making a way of escape for those who diligently seek him. And to give further understanding of this, I wanted to, to look with you at some of the prophets because they were also called to speak the word of God and minister in difficult times. And some of them had the daunting task of sharing the word of the Lord to Israel when God was about to judge them. They were not interested in hearing the voice of God. They were interested in doing their own thing, but yet God was speaking. And he's speaking to us today, and he wants to, us to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And so it was at this time of impending judgment upon Israel by the Babylonians that the prophet, prophet Habakkuk was called to speak. And God gave him very real experiences of the judgments that were to come. And, and we can read about that in Habakkuk 3.16. It says, when I heard these things, he heard and he understood what was about to take place on in the city that he dwelt in, in the country that he loved. He said, I heard these things, my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice, rottenness entered into my bones. I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes upon up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. And so Habakkuk is prophesying of the Babylonians coming uh, and invading Israel. He was trembling because of what God had shown him. But in a sense, Habakkuk was also seeing what was to come in the last days as well. You know, the church will see judgments coming upon the earth and so forth. But, but I want us to notice what he says, even though he's trembling because of these calamities, that little phrase, that I may rest in the day of trouble. That I can rest in the day of trouble. And that really speaks to us is that even though there's great trouble coming upon the earth, the Bible calls it Jacob's trouble or Jacob's sorrow or, you know, because the people of God are also going to be experiencing this difficulty, this trouble, Israel and the church. But yet in that there is a rest for those who will respond to God, who will seek him and follow him as his disciple. Another prophet, Zephaniah, was kind of a, a co-prophet of Habakkuk in a similar time frame. And, and he says this in Zephaniah 1 and verse 3. It says, I'll consume man and beast. I will consume the fowls of heaven, the fish of the sea, and the stumbling blocks with the wicked, and I'll cut off man from the land, says the Lord. And so these prophecies of Zephaniah can obviously be applied to Israel and the impending judgment, but yet I think we can relate them very well to the last days because they're very similar to some of the descriptions in Revelation about the judgments coming upon the animals uh, being affected like the birds of the air and the fish of the seas being destroyed in in the process of these judgments coming upon the earth. But yet, in the midst of all of that, there's a promise. In the next chapter of Zephaniah 2, 
it says, in verse 1, it says, Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired, before the decree, the decree bring forth, before the day pass, as the chaff, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you, before the day of the Lord's anger come upon you. Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness, and it may be that you'll be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. And so in the midst of the great and terrible day of the Lord's anger, the Lord's saying, if you seek me and you follow me in these ways, it may be that you'll be hid in that day. You'll be preserved. You'll have a place of rest in that day. And praise God for that. And so the Lord is encouraging his people to have hope and seeking him that if we'll seek righteousness and meekness, that we may find that place, that hiding place in God. Now he continues also in, in chapter 3, verse 12. He says, I will also leave in the midst of thee an afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity nor speak lies, neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. And here again, he gives us another picture of rest. You know, we see kind of like sheep that are lying down in the pasture and feeding, and none of, none of them are afraid. Well, the thing is, is that sheep are very nervous creatures. Right? If there's an enemy around, they're not going to be lying down and being at peace. They will be standing, they'll be nervous, and, and so forth. And so they can become very agitated when there's an enemy around. And, and so the Lord is describing his people of those who qualify, as it says in Luke, or as we're seeking his face, as we're seeking righteousness and meekness, there, that there is a place of rest we can find in him in times of trouble, even in great trouble. And while there's much we could say concerning this qualifying or crying out to him or so forth. Uh, I just wanted to, to touch on these two key things that Zephaniah shares. He says, seek righteousness, seek meekness, that you may be hid. Now, righteousness is basically doing what's right in God's sight. And as we know, there, many people have opinions on what is right and what is wrong. Um, we see this today. You only have to turn on the news and um, you hear opinions flying right, left, and center. Sometimes there's so many opinions you feel like you want to duck. And uh, you can do that by just turning the news off. But, you know, everyone has an opinion. But how can we find safety in righteousness? Well, I want to look at another uh passage the Lord shared with us, and it's a very uh, wonderful passage, very comforting. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, he says, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what are we going to be clothed with? For after those things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all of these things. But then verse 33, but seek you first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. So here is Jesus saying that there can be great difficulty, but, you know, even in difficulty or even in life, we can become distracted by many different things. And, you know, some of these things can we can feel maybe very applicable, applicable to us. You know, we can become consumed with what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink or, you know, maybe we can fill in the blank based on what we're going through. Uh, I think what would be relevant today is maybe biting toilet paper, right? Or, or disinfectant wipes or hand sanitizer or face masks or whatever everyone is seeking for to make them feel safe so that they have everything they need. But Jesus is saying to us, don't let those things be your focus. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is really setting our heart and our mind to do what is pleasing in, in his sight, doing what is right to him. And he says he'll cause all of those other things to be given to us as, as we need them. Now, I, I want you to understand that I'm not saying that we should have no concern about the natural things or being prepared for difficulties. I mean, we're, uh, we're here in Florida and we're very familiar with having to prepare for storms and hurricanes and so forth. Um, we have to be careful of having a supply of food and perhaps a generator if we don't want to go too long without power. And, and so there is a natural concern, but, but what Jesus is asking us is where is our our care and concern and what are we placing our hope in? What are we placing our trust in? Is it in Jesus or is it in something else that we feel could satisfy our need? If it's if our care and concern is in doing what's right in his sight and placing our trust in him, he says he will take care of us. Because no amount of preparation will last forever. We can't prepare for everything. But as we seek God and we trust in him, as we put him first in his kingdom, we seek to do what's pleasing in his sight, he can be with us and preserve us in every situation. And so that's really the key. How do we want to be preserved in every situation, in every calamity? Put him first. Seek first the kingdom of God. And so sometimes we have to do a little heart evaluation. Lord, are you first in this area? Are you first in this other area? Lord, I want you to be first in every area so that I'm following you. And you will lead me in that pathway of safety and preservation. Now, one last thought in this is meekness. Because Zephaniah says, seek righteousness, seek meekness. And basically, if you could give a, a simple definition, meekness is an acceptance that God works all things together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose, as it says in Romans 8.28. And, and so there's a rest when we can learn to accept the situations that we're going through as under the control of the Lord that God is divinely leading us, that there's no accidents, that we are in his hands and he is a good God. Because we know he's in charge. 
And all we need to do is to look to him to see how does he want to lead us? How does he want to teach us? How does he want to impact our heart and change us to be more like him? Now, some people equate meekness with weakness, with being weak. Uh, but in fact, it's quite the opposite. Because the Greek word for meekness is was used to describe very powerful horses that had been tamed so that they could be ridden, they could be led, they could even be used in battle. And so these tamed horses that are very strong and powerful have learned to respond to the gentle word or direction of the master above all else. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to teach us. He wants to lead us so that no matter what we're going through, no matter how much noise or confusion is taking place around us, we have a meekness worked into our hearts and our lives. We've learned it. It can't be overnight, unfortunately. It has to be day by day. Crying out, Lord, would you grant me your meekness? And as we do that, we learn to respond to him. We can respond to his still, small voice, even in the midst of the storm. And he leads us in that pathway of safety, of preservation. I love that picture of Israel as they were about to leave Egypt. And, of course, they were confined in Egypt until the divine judgment came from heaven upon Egypt. And it was actually those divine judgments that set them free. But still, Israel had to go through it. They had to trust in God that they would be preserved even when many were being destroyed around them. And so they obeyed, they trusted God, and they were preserved. And one of the judgments upon Egypt was darkness. And it says it was a darkness so thick that it could be felt. And so that was quite a judgment to come upon Egypt. And what it says of Israel is in, in Exodus 10 and verse 23, it says, Egypt, they, they weren't able to see one another. They didn't rise up from their place for three days. However, all the children of Israel have light in their dwelling places. And so the world was going through calamity, judgments were coming, yet the people of God who trusted in him, they had light in their dwelling places. And what a wonderful picture of what God wants to do for us as we learn to trust in him, to hear his still small voice and follow that leading and trust in it and not in any other voice. When all the world is being tested and tried, we can find a place of peace and rest in God so that we have the light of God in our dwelling places, in the temple of our heart, in our homes, in our churches. We know that many troubles and judgments are going to be coming upon the earth, both now and in the days to come. And it's only going to increase as the days progress. Yet the Lord is offering us this hope of rest in him in the midst of the storms, in the midst of adversity, 
And it doesn't even have to be when there's a worldwide calamity. It can even be in our personal lives as we each of us face adversity. But if we'll turn our face to seek the Lord, that we might be found worthy to find that place of escape, to find that place of rest and peace in him, in his presence. If we'll set our heart to do what's right in his sight, if we'll set our heart upon his kingdom and his righteousness first, on meekness, on accepting his will, on accepting the way that he leads us, and not being a horse that resists, but a horse that is tame and that will follow on to know him so that we can quiet ourselves to hear his still small voice and obey his leading. Then he will give us a hiding place in adversity where we can hide ourselves and be at peace and rest in him. God bless you. May you go in the peace and joy of our Lord Jesus Christ.